Welcome to Retail Recorded by Colliers. I'm your host, Angie Solange, National Director of Retail for the U.S. here at Colliers. Thanks again for joining us. As you know, we're always curious about what's going on in retail, especially right now. It's at the year end. It's December 1, and we're really curious about a look back into 2023, but also a look forward into 2024. Lots going on in our industry, and I'm really excited to have our special guest. This is a great internal guest of mine. Uh, we have uh, Nicole Larson joining us. And Nicole, if you don't know Nicole, she's our head of U.S. retail research. She's also joining the ICSC North American Research Group. So congratulations, Nicole, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Angie, for having me. This is my first podcast, so I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And I know that we're going to have a great dialogue because it's all things retail. You are just as big a fan as I am. I know it runs through your DNA. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to have a pretty dynamic conversation. Cool. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So with that, I'm just going to jump in. Look, there's a lot that's been happening and in, in, in just in the recent, you know, call it week uh, with uh, Black Friday, the what's been pulled forward from Black Friday, what we're calling, right, Blur Friday, and then what's happened subsequent to that and what you see in terms of kind of the, the uh, shopping behaviors and trends and numbers going forward. So I'd love to hear from you first and foremost, as it relates to the Black Friday weekend, what were the total number of people that really said, hey, I participated in some form of shopping um, compared from 2023 to 2022 that was in-store versus online? So for total 2023 in-store and online, we saw over 200 million shoppers engaged in some sort of online and in-store transaction. And that wasn't a huge uptick from 2022, but there was a pretty big difference in the numbers of shoppers um, that went in-store and shopped online. So online um, shoppers experienced a 2% increase year over year, which I think was really awesome. It didn't come as much of a surprise. I think, you know, online shopping continues to grow and grow. The growth rate of in-store shoppers, now that did not increase that much. But what I thought was really fascinating was that more people shopped in-store this year than they actually shopped online. Um, Let me pull up that exact number. So if we look at shoppers who shopped in store this year, it was about 134 million. And then online was about 127 million. So even though online had a much bigger growth rate, we still saw more people visit stores as opposed to shop online. So I think that was really great news for brick and mortar. Well, I think what's really fascinating is, and you can probably share one, I love, love, love that you can say, you roll out all these stats because that's what people like to hear is the numbers. But, you know, what I found fascinating to your point as well is the consumer, even though that that we didn't see a significant, like call it 5% increase, et cetera, the spend was higher per head. That, yes. like, wow, so- wow. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I do think inflation uh, plays a part in that. So it said that the average spend per person this past uh, Thanksgiving holiday shopping weekend averaged about $384. And that was up almost 3% from 2022. So 
But I, like I said, I think that is good. I think it really shows signs of health from the consumer. I would say there's a small percentage of that 3% that's probably coming from just inflation and higher uh, costs from the retailers. Um, but it did seem like a lot of the consumers were influenced to purchase during this holiday spend weekend. Uh, really to get the discounts on those gifts. I mean, I think there were some incredible discounts that were had on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and it really probably gave consumers FOMO and they were like, ah, I got to lock in this price before it goes up uh, maybe 20 bucks or even 50 bucks in just a week or so. So I think that was really great. The retailers did an awesome job at advertising and getting those sales and promotions um, out there to the consumers. I completely agree. I mean, the multiple emails that I received leading up to it, the day of, the day after, um, it was in, intense. I was like, oh my gosh, unfortunately, I, I unsubscribed because it was overwhelming. Um, <laughs> I won retailer. So I was like, I do not have FOMO and I am unsubscribing. But um, I hear you on discounts. And I think to your point, the marketing efforts is really starting to, to gamify um, and create this perception that you will lose out. So let me circle back with you then. Do you Were there certain categories that you saw that were winners versus others that were like, hmm, not sure yet, you know, if I want to buy that item? Was it more impulse? Was it more big ticket item? Share a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, we actually took a survey and found that nearly 40% of consumers thought retailers were more generous with discounts this year compared to last year. So I saw, I also thought that was pretty interesting. Now, whether that's actual or whether that was just a perception, um, I did go to the mall, not on Black Friday, but I actually went the Monday prior um, to Black Friday. And I was in Tory Burch, for example, and they had a sale where, and it was the Tory Burch outlet. So they had a sale, everything was 40% off plus an additional 10%. And I think when you put that additional, you know, okay, this is, 20% off, 30% off, 40% off, plus an additional. I think that really, in a consumer's mindset, at least in my mindset, when I see that, I'm like, oh, I'm really getting the best bang for my buck here because I can't believe they're throwing in an extra 10 or 20% off of that sale price already. So I think luxury probably did really well at those outlet centers. That seemed to be a really popular item. If you guys visited any outlet centers, the lines were absolutely insane. Um, so I'm sure those stores got cleared out as well. It seems like a lot of people too, even though like TJ Maxx and Home Goods doesn't really offer Black Friday discounts, those type of stores seem to be really popular this Black Friday shopping period as well, because I think people are looking to get more unique gifts for their loved ones, as opposed to, you know, maybe the typical underwear and socks that we used to give. Uh, gift giving is really gamified, like you mentioned. So people are always trying to outdo themselves like from the year prior. Okay, so hold on a second. Did you just tell me you treated yourself to a gift? I mean, I'm, I'm mistreat yourself, so I'm always treating myself, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, help me understand then if we're looking at that, you know, people are buying for, you know, stocking up for those discounts, they're impulse buying, they're treating themselves, they're early holiday shoppers, um, et cetera, et cetera. But how many people from an impulse perspective, I want to understand like from 2022 to 2023, did, you know, did consumers buy more or less on impulse this Black Friday? 
I mean, on impulse, it, from the survey that we had taken, it actually says about 60% of consumers bought less on impulse this year. Again, I think online was the real winner. And that's because we just are so much more educated as a consumer. You know, we have time really to plan out our buys and do the research and say, you know, if I want to get my loved one an air fryer, for example, where, which store, which retailer can I get the best air fryer at the best price? So I don't think there's much impulse unless you're actually going into the physical store and saying, oh my gosh, this, this bag or these shoes or this hat is like on super sale. I just got to get it uh, while I'm here or I got to get it for my loved one. I think it'll be like a nice little extra gift to give them. But that online really makes our consumers nowadays just so much more educated. And it makes that impulse shopping a lot less frequent now during the holiday season. So that's interesting. Um, First and foremost, we still all in the retail space, whether you're a consumer in the retail industry, uh, regardless of what part of the industry, we still all continue to believe that e-com is not going to take over brick and mortar. It is a an additional channel that um, allows more access to information, convenience, et cetera, in terms of a shopping perspective. So where I'm going with this is that I'm hearing a lot about cart abandonment. And now those listening in, this is not those that are taking their grocery shopping cart and leaving it in front of the other person's car. That's not what we're talking about here. So talk to me on this topic. It's really fascinating. So a lot of us do it. And I didn't even know the name of it until really a few days ago. So, you know, we'll, we'll be shopping online and we'll put a million things in our cart and you know, putting a bunch of outfits together, shoes, the accessories. And then we get to that checkout and the checkout process is just too long. Or we notice that like the shipping fees and the extra taxes are just too high and not what we wanted to spend or making maybe making our spend like an extra 20 bucks to 30 bucks. And in from there, we actually just end up abandoning our car and saying, forget it. I'm just not even going to, you know, make this purchase anymore. I'll just go in store and look for this item. So we actually found um, some data online that said 40% of um, consumers abandoned their online shopping carts due to those like extra costs. And whether that's, you know, high shipping costs or if there's like extra fees associated with maybe having to deliver to a specific type of building. I've noticed that on there. Maybe, you know, you live in a more rural area. I've noticed those extra fees are added on there as well. So that's a huge percentage of consumers who are abandoning their cart. We also found that e-commerce stores lose $18 billion in sales revenue annually because of cart abandonment. So there's really a great opportunity for these retailers to catch those consumers with the brick and mortar locations. That's, I mean, wow. I didn't realize that 40% leave their item in the cart and just basically check, just close out of their, their tab. So that's a pretty significant percentage, which again, goes back to the comment you made earlier, which is, Hey, people are doing a lot of more, more, much more research because of the accessibility to research. And then, you know, 
they still want to touch, feel, and understand the product in store. So really, they're kind of helping one another. So what online is doing, it's really helping consumers understand the product. You know, if it's a unique product, it's a big product, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, you know, call it just, you know, buying some dryer sheets that you need delivered to your house. So there's such a need still for brick and mortar, and that need's not going to go away. What we will see, though, is a transformation of brick and mortar. And when I say transformation, meaning that, you know, you and I have done a lot of studies, especially you, as it relates to right sizing of retailers, right sizing of shopping centers, merchandising mix, etc. Talk to me a little bit about right sizing of retailers. What kind of interesting things are you seeing that's really dynamic from how retailers are taking brick and mortar and making some really interesting changes to how they present themselves. Yeah. So that was actually a trend we were looking out for at the beginning of 2023 was that right sizing. Typically on average retail stores are now averaging below 3000 square feet for like a normal size uh, store, obviously dependent upon your uh, sector that could be smaller, could be a little bit bigger, but that's typically the normal size we're starting to see. And uh, pre-pandemic, it was probably closer to 4000 square feet. So that has definitely decreased a lot, I would say just over the past few years. But I think this right sizing is allowing retailers to become a little bit more educated and understand their consumer. You know, you don't really need all of this product in the store anymore, especially if you have a really good omni-channel experience. You know, if you have some sort of warehouse that's closer by, maybe that consumer just wants to go into the store. If like, let's say if we have a electronics retailer, we can say, hey, you know, um, you can order this TV in, but we can actually ship it to your house. I think that's much more convenient for a consumer than them having to lug the TV into their car, then bring the TV up to their house or their apartment, whatever it is. If they can just go into store, order it, and then that retailer says, hey, all right, no problem. We're going to have it shipped over to your house uh, within the next uh, few hours or even maybe tomorrow it'll head on over. I think that gives consumers a lot more flexibility and thus that makes the retailer not have the need to have so much space for the physical footprint. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, there's just so much great, great data out there in terms of who's expanding in the market, what's kind of their their size and guidelines, et cetera. And, you know, okay, I'm going to selfish plug here for you and I. Take a look, audience, at the Collier's Knowledge Leader. You'll find our latest winter report that has even more juicier details in there that talks about a lot of different things specific to retailer expansion and investor dynamics. So with that, I'm going to close it out because, gosh, you and I, Nicole, can keep talking yeah. um, with you um, on a lot of calls. But let's 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 end this call with something really fun. It's my fun question. If you could be any retailer, who would it be? Ooh, let me think about this one. Any retailer. You know, I actually just, well, I'll actually go with probably one of my like better answers. One of my favorite retailers that I actually um, discovered during the pandemic was Stony Clover Lane. They sell pouches, bags, customizable. And I just thought they were a great retailer uh, with different gifts. 
Now, since the pandemic, they've absolutely exploded. They are doing collaborations with Disney, with the NFL. So they're, uh, they've done a collaboration in store with Target as well. So they're a pretty diversified uh, brand now from where they just started out. I think they actually started out making like those little friendship bracelets that uh, Taylor Swift always talks about in her songs. And they've exploded into a much bigger brand. But I think they're really cute. I think they're really cool. Uh, they've definitely expanded to just being sort of like a woman's uh, cutesy brand to now offering a lot more diversified products that's for women and for men. So um, I think that's really a cool brand to watch out for. And if I had to be any retailer, I think I'd have fun working for them. Oh, I definitely think you would because it is very fun and colorful and it's a, it's a great brand and it's, um, we all need a little fun in our lives. And I think that one is unique in its own right. And so, um, seeing the stores as well as the online is fantastic. I actually got an opportunity because of you, Nicole, to see your store (laughs) in New York. So, um, I, I would say it's very aligned to who you are. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, Thank you so much, Nicole, um, to have your voice on the podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And with that, I want to thank everyone who's participated in listening in to hearing our insights and trends and really taking time to understand where retail is going, how it continues to just expand and, and, and just be diverse in so many different ways. So, Nicole, thank you for your perspectives as always. And at Collier's, we are always focused on our clients, about the retail industry, how it's being shaped, and we thank you for listening in. Enjoy the holidays. This is our final podcast for 2023, but rejoin because we will be back in action, full-blown in 2024, excited for our guest lineup, and we wish you all a very healthy and merry holidays. Thanks again. See ya.